0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in. It's the Lions 24-7 Podcast. I'm Tyler Donahue and Penn State football recruiting in focus on this edition of the podcast whiteout camp on saturday it was penn state's first prospect camp of the summer it's going to be a busy june this kind of kick-started that we were happy to be there in full force with lions 24 7 and we had our our full timers there myself tyler calvaruso mark brennan and daniel gallon our photographer grace brennan did a great job as always and then brian doan came to campus national recruiting reporter with 24 7 sports And without further ado, let's just keep the focus right there. Brian Doan, Tyler Calvaruzzo joining me right here on the Lions 24-7 podcast. And we got a lot to cover because uh, pretty impressive stuff. Good turnout both days. Sunday was a a larger camp, maybe less quality in terms of what you're looking for from a Power 5 recruiting perspective. Um, But on Saturday, we got a long look at some commits, some targets, some new targets as well. Fellas, thanks for joining me. Uh, uh, Finally, back on the practice field here at at Penn State. It's been a few years since we got a long look at at an event like this in person. Yeah,
1: I mean, first of all, thanks for having me as always, guys. And it was good to uh, catch up with you guys face to face instead of, you know, this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, camps are not what they used to be in terms of having just unbelievable talent and depth and and all that stuff recruiting is not like that camps are not like that because they're spread out over june um so if you're penn state you know you should be happy that you really were able to put your offensive linemen who are committed on display and it's an impressive group and then there's a couple others that you know, I have a chance to join the class that are, that also did a good job. So overall, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching Marcus Stokes throw the ball to Penn State commit. Um, I enjoyed watching Yazid Haynes run really fast. So it was all in all a fun day on a glorious afternoon. Also,
2: it was especially great to see Stokes up there just interacting with everyone, talking with the commits, talking with some of the prospects. He, he's just a nat- you can just tell the natural leadership ability he has. So that was great to see. And overall, it was a great day, great experience.
0: I was going to say, we, we got some football to talk about, but Tyler, your first time on campus, period. Uh, this is your new beat. Overall, general non-football thoughts about what you experienced this weekend?
2: Yeah, I, I, it was an awesome trip. You know, three and a half hour drive, definitely worth it. You, you get the feeling State College really is a true Big Ten town, just driving around, seeing everything it has to offer. Stadiums, incredible facilities are incredible. It, it was a great experience for me. It was great to see all those guys work, and I loved it. Tyler, and if you went yeah. to the Creamery, you get an F. I I didn't go. Well, you get an F. Fail. I Fail. I, dude, I left so late.
0: You get an F. <laughs> 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 there it is. From Brian Toner has applied his grade. Uh, and and by the way, uh, Tyler, you'll be back uh, pretty soon this this uh, this month for for more coverage on campus and for people up in arms. Why isn't your full time recruiting reporter living in state college like the rest of you? Trust me. Come fall, Friday nights, Saturdays. You'll be glad he's not in State College. He's got a lot of ground to make up getting out and about, something we weren't really able to do here with all of us living in State College. Uh, so looking forward to your coverage this fall. But let's focus on what we all saw on campus. And, Brian, you made a good point. Let's let's go with the offensive lineman to begin, and then we'll get to some of the new offers. Uh, and let's start with the five-star who was on campus, Alex Birchmeyer, a guy that you've spoken very highly of in the past year on the podcast. What was your evaluation of the latest look?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's the same. I mean, it's not like he got worse. He, he didn't lose athleticism or, or any of that stuff. Um, I know one thing that Penn State loves is the measurement of the triple broad jump. And, you know, while some kids struggled, I think, to get maybe 15 feet, he was able to do 26 feet. And what it shows is explosion, his ability to bend. Um, you know, he's just a natural... You know, he lined up in the one-on-ones at right guard, and I know he had a hold or two in some of that too. But um, I I don't get too caught up in how kids performed in one-on-ones. It's more about their movements, their flexibility, their ability to, you know, use their hands and move their feet. He does all that stuff, you know, maybe some of the wrestling carried over because he is a very good wrestler as well. Um, But for me, you know, when I watch Birchmeyer, it's it's everything that he has been for the last – Year year and a half since we first started rating him and talking about him, he's he's just a a big kid with length, plus athleticism, great family. Um, you know, there, there's a reason that he pretty much could have gone anywhere in the country. He, he got done early last July, I think it was that he committed. But uh,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it's just you're just continuing to build with him. We'll be back on campus here in just a couple weeks for his official visit that big weekend of June 17th to 19th. Uh, just recently confirming uh, all four of the offensive linemen at, that are part of this class, including Joshua Miller, who was not at this camp, uh, plan to be on campus for their officials that weekend. We're going to leave you out for just another second, Tyler, because you were over at Beaver Stadium watching the quarterbacks and skill players. Brian, the other guy I want to get to, and there were a couple other commits we can talk about, but in 2024, Cooper Cousins is a foundational piece of what Penn State's going to build out there. He was commitment number one for that cycle with them. Uh, My first chance to really get on the field and and kind of see him uh, operate in person, and and my goodness, the eyeball test before they even started uh, going through any kind of drill work, it's quite impressive halfway through high school. But what stood out to me was the coordination. and, And I had to remind myself as he was operating at center and snapping the football, That's where he resided, and and you don't normally see kids that look like that at the high school level snapping the football.
1: No, and and I think that's a really good point. You you know, you you look at Cousins, and he could play guard position. He could probably move out and play tackles. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. But what I look at is his body. It looks like he's 250 pounds. It doesn't look like he is, you know, going to be a 280, 300-pound kid. It's just – there's still a lot of room for development, obviously. He's he's a sophomore in high school, for goodness sake. But you look at the frame, and, and I go back to, you know, talking with Lions 247 when Phil Troutwine first became the offensive line coach and kind of what kind of kids he looked for in body types. And, you know, Cooper Cousins is it. He, he's long. He's athletic. He's got a lot of room for frame growth with strength development. And that you can put him – in the middle of an offensive line in the Big Ten, uh, that's, you know, I'm not saying Penn State's offensive line will be Wisconsin, so I'm very excited for everybody to take me out of context with that. But when you look at Wisconsin's offensive line and just the pure size of it or Ohio State's offensive line and the pure size of it, those are the kids that are playing center and not the 6'2 kids. And it's just, to me, it was really – interesting
0: and amazing to watch him at that size know that you know he can play center tyler you you may not have watched the drill work that we did but you saw a lot, a lot of the testing for the offensive linemen you saw these guys kind of measuring each other up on the field uh, during some pre-camp work um what did you think about uh cousins who, who by the way came in just shy of six six and he's pushing his way towards 300 pounds right now as a rising junior
2: He's a guy who really just looks the part. Like Brian said, he could do a lot of different things on the line. He seems to have a pretty high football IQ, just from based on what we were able to see throughout the day. And he's a guy I really like him moving forward. He's going to be a big part of the future of that class. And I wish I got to see a little bit more of him, but just from what I did get decision, the testing of whatnot, he was a guy who really impressed me. Really caught my eye. He looks like he's ready to go
0: right now. Javen Williams, uh, Anthony Donka were the two other Penn State offensive line commits both in the 2023 class uh, on campus working with, with the, not just Phil Trout line, uh, but also a few of the current offensive linemen, Hunter Norzad, who just arrived as a transfer from Cornell, Nick Dawkins, Lennon Tangwall uh, among those out there. Uh, Brian, uh, overall, this offensive line class, we have some questions about where it moves forward. I'm going to ask about some targets later on, but as currently constructed, continues to look like a strong uh, pillar of what they're working with in 2023.
1: No no doubt. And and it's interesting when you look at like a Birchmeyer who is further along from a strength development or Cousins who, you know, still has some strength, especially in the upper body is going to need to add. J. Ben Williams is really interesting to me because if you're not paying attention, he's putting up ridiculous numbers in the shot and the discus on track and field. And for those wondering why that matters it's it's dexterity it's footwork it's explosion with the lower body the thing that struck me with him was he still has a lot of room for development in the strength department in the upper body so he's making those throws relying heavily on technique footwork lower body explosion you know he's got great body control and I go into it, and we have we have Javen rated very high, and, and I think after watching him and seeing what he's about, watching him move, the athleticism, I feel really good about it because he's not even close to being physically maxed out. Now, a guy like Birchmeyer, who in a pinch could probably play his first year on campus, I think it's going to be a little bit of time before Williams can get there physically just from a strength standpoint, again, in the upper body. But knowing what he's done, watching his tape, seeing him live, the track and field stuff. He, he's, uh, he's interesting to, to really chart and see how he's going to develop maybe in
0: two years looking a year down the down the road at the offensive line position it's very obvious to see that that here in the northeast region specifically liam andrews is a name that everyone needs to get accustomed to hearing Uh, he had a strong strong showing here uh, on saturday 2024 prospect i thought he brought a lot of aggressiveness a lot of enthusiasm love to see that um and brian he was kind of front and center as you were working your way through your top performers piece afterwards
1: yeah and i think you know tyler another word i would use is confidence right yes he he, when when he won a rep you knew he won a rep um and not in a bad way but in a good way but you know with him you know i I was texting with i talked to him after the camp i texted with him a little bit after the camp and there'll be a story coming up later in the week on lines 247 on him but you know he's another kid that you look at him and you think he's 240 pounds and he's not, you know, he's in the 260s, I think, or I think maybe he told me 275. That at my age, sometimes I forget the heights and weights, you know, that they'll tell me to update. Um, but I look at him, and one, you know, his last rep really stood out to me. Uh, the guy he was blocking tried to go outside on him. Andrews was able to move. Kid cut back across, and he just stuck his hand right in the kid's chest, and the kid just went back and end of the rep, and that was it. And I didn't expect him to be able to do something like that, because um, when you again you look at him, you realize there's a lot of room for for frame development, as there should be. Again, he's a sophomore. That that really stuck out to me, and it how well he moved laterally, how fluid he was, um, how well he was able to bend. It, it, it showed, You know, I, I hit up our recruiting team after I said, you know, when we go back over 24, let's give this kid a really hard
0: look. Yeah, and i know you were excited to see uh andrews on campus as well tyler and someone you saw in that 2024 class over with the receivers was one of the guys who got offered on saturday a lot of focus at receiver and a lot of focus on what they did uh, during the 40-yard dash and what they did with their speed on the field jerry hawkins in that 2024 cycle it goes ohio state penn state uh pops up with very elite level 40-yard dash times high 4-3 low 4-4 range kind of times and he comes to uh, to out of Penn State with an offer and you know certainly shaping up as a kid who's going to see a national recruitment take form for him long kid I think he was over 6'2 at this point Uh, so you combine that length with that speed at the wide receiver spot an intriguing talent in 2024.
2: Yeah man Dre Hawkins that kid can flat out fly and that's not just track speed that's not just straight line speed he uses that speed to help get himself open downfield he's pretty crisp coming in and out of his breaks he separates from defensive backs that's a guy I'm gonna have a really close eye on in 2024 moving forward. I feel like his ceiling is just so high with what he could do with his speed as he as he continues to add upper body strength and as he continues to refine his route running. He's a guy who can really come a long way and emerge as a top target for a lot of prominent programs. Penn State being one of them now that he has an offer.
0: Yazid Haynes was the other offer at wide receiver. This one, uh, notably in 2023, and we've seen some new offers go out, some new official visits get lined up. But here's an in-state prospect. Spent a couple months committed to Rutgers. Had an official visit planned to Minnesota. Things have changed for him and for Penn State's wide receiver search. In, in quick order, Brian, you caught up with him uh, with Yazid after the camp. We'll hear from Tyler in just a moment about what he saw on the field. But how did that offer change the of complexion of his recruitment?
1: You know, it's an interesting one, right? Because I got home and I'm thinking, you know what? This could be a crystal ball pick. And it still could be a crystal ball pick. But a couple of things I'm hearing. There's a chance that not only do they like him at receiver, they may give him a look at defensive back. It's going to be his kind of choice on what he wants to you know, get looked at as. And he's making the official visit this weekend. But right now, and as a you know, we're we're Tuesday, so we'll see what happens as as the week unfolds. But the plan is to visit Georgia, visit Tennessee, and then make the official visit to Minnesota as well. Um, It could be a a really important June for Yazid, and I'm curious to see where this thing turns in maybe the next five days going into the visit and then coming out of the visit. Because again, this is a Pennsylvania kid who. You want to lock down he's an in-state kid he he ran you know what four three seven or four three nine with handheld which you know whatever it's fast i'm not going to say he's in the four threes all the time but it's fast um and so he is a kid that uh you know in state you kind of like to move on those kids and there's a reason that they were offering him and going hard on him, and Kenny Johnson from Dallas Town area winds up committing to Pitt, which, you know, I think Penn State is fine with. Um, but yeah, this is not the no-brainer that a lot of people were hoping for. It could turn out good for Penn State, and you know, I kind of lean that way
0: right now. But it's not the no-brainer. At North Penn high school and this is a guy that we, we, we realized, okay, he brought his speed here to campus. And that was certainly going to leave a mark on the coaching staff, but would he go out there and what would he generate on the field? And, and obviously as you saw Tyler, uh, it came together really nicely for him once they started throwing the ball around in Beaver stadium and time and time again, as you wrote about and as Daniel Gowan wrote about in his story about Marcus Stokes, him and the Penn state commit hooked up over the course of this camp.
2: Yeah, so obviously we saw Haynes' speed during the 40, but his length is really what stood out with one-on-one and seven-on-seven started. Stokes looked his way early and often. Haynes was winning his routes pretty consistently. He was making plays on the ball down the field. He was getting open down the field, and he was a guy Stokes constantly. Every drop back, he was his first read. That was a guy that he wanted to get the ball to, and it was there for Haynes more often than not. He was getting open. He and Stokes were interacting plenty in between reps, so those guys are developing a budding relationship. The interest, I I would say the most interesting part of Haynes that I got to see in B watching was his reps against Penn State commit Lamont Payne. Those are some pretty interesting battles. Haynes won some, Payne got some, but it was probably the most intriguing
0: competition portion of the day for me. Yeah, you, what do you kind of think about Payne? That was uh, I, I assume your first real long look at him and uh, coming out of that defensive backfield. You know, do you have a better clarity on on maybe the next level? Because we talked about this cornerback safety. How does it kind of transfer to Penn State?
2: So so at the camp, they had him working mostly at corner. He was playing a lot of off-man coverage. Looks smooth in coverage. He looked like he added a little bit of upper body strength, so that's encouraging for him. He's a guy who I think might land at safety. Brian, you might have a better feel on this as someone who has evaluated him a little bit longer than I have. But I can see him winding up on the back end of the secondary. But he has the versatility to play corner.
0: You could see it during the camp. If Brian, do you have any kind of uh, kind of just feel on on, on Lamont Payne? I know we, again we were focused on those offensive linemen, but right now with his development
1: it's just going to come down to the speed factor and right now if you just take the 40 times and what he's running it translates more to safety than it does corner maybe you can stick him as a nickel but again he there's time for him to continue to improve that speed technically he's a sound player he's a smart player um I, i think he's a kid that as a safety would come up and fill run gaps and hit you so there's a fit there but you know tell you know or both Tyler's, Tyler squared, I guess, um, you sit there and you say, you know, he. you start a kid at corner. And then if, he, if you don't like it there, you move
0: him to safety. That's kind of the evolution of things christian driver cam miller they both popped up at cornerback on the on the roster here and may we've talked about their positional versatility maybe they end up at safety as things progress um brian before we let you go because uh you know you were here for saturday we'll talk about some of the sunday takeaways a couple things to get to including our five-star mailbag but while we were watching the prospects. Jason Moore was on his official visit on, in town, a top 100 overall talent uh, on the defensive line out of DeMatha Catholic. And uh, another guy that you caught up with when he left campus, he's got quite the schedule for this month.
1: <laughs> he does, he does. Um, you know, it's interesting where, obviously, he's he's a heavy academic kid. He's from DeMatha, you know, top 100 defensive line for us. Um, begins his officials with Penn State. He also has, what, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Michigan coming up. Maryland's also in his top five. I, I continue to hear, not not only from people close to, to Jason, but also close to DeMatha and, and just out in the recruiting world, that it's it's a Notre Dame-Penn State battle right now. And, and obviously that can change. Penn State, what Penn State has going for it is, you know, in addition to the obvious, is they recruit well in the DMV, so he knows some kids on the roster. And it's close to home, right? It's a few hours away, which we talk about the other schools are a bit further, unless it's Maryland, which is right there. Now we'll see what happens with Maryland. Until he takes an official there, I'm I'm not going to get overly excited about Maryland's chances. Um, but Notre Dame's the one to watch. He's been out there. He, he really enjoyed his visit there. The academics, the 40-year plan. You know, the idea of playing for Marcus Freeman is very intriguing to him um, also playing for a storied school like Notre Dame not saying Penn State is not storied but Notre Dame's a little bit different in that regard Um, I I think it's a battle right there right now I, I think Penn State has the slight edge I know people will go crazy over that but there's plenty of time for changes to be made in terms of his recruitment, he still wants to decide in July. Um, it'll come down to the official visits, and then who can get to him after the official visits to have those discussions to kind of, you know, wipe away some of the good feelings from official visit A, from school B, C, and D and E.
0: Hey Brian, while we're talking about big time defenders out of Maryland, Damian Robinson has joined the Penn State football yeah. program. We saw. Still- we, Chop has joined the Penn State football yes. program. We saw him watching a little bit of the camp action with us on Saturday. Now that he's around, uh, you know, obviously a couple of years removed from when he was on the prospects uh, camp circuit himself. But what stands out about his skill set as Penn State tries to find an immediate impact player here?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, first of all, I mean, I was probably standing about 10 feet from him at one point. So, from that aspect, you know, he's, he's Coming out of high school, it was, hey, you've got to get time in the weight room. He's got to get bigger. He's got to get stronger. I think those things still apply just from looking at him um, and eyeballing him. But he was a kid who could be a stand-up guy coming off the edge. He could play with his hand on the ground, so he had some versatility. His ability to get up the field was incredible at the high school level. Um, Now, playing Maryland public schools to go into the Big Ten, it's a jump. It is. But – you can make that transition pretty quickly, enough kids have. I I just think he's a kid. He's got length, and he's got a desire to get to the quarterback, and he has the physical tools. They still need to be enhanced and developed, but he has those as well, I think is exactly what you're looking for in terms of a kid who can get off and go get the quarterback.
0: That was great news for Penn State, by the way, also adding Malik McNeil, an offensive lineman, and and linebacker Abdul Carter to the freshman class this week. Those guys are now on campus. Uh, Some main misses though, uh, Brian, that you missed out on while you were on your nice vacation. We were glad you were able to get a little time out. But Rodney Gallagher and Mason Robinson came off the board. Neither of them ended up in Penn State's recruiting class. Uh, Thoughts on either of those uh, players? Uh, I know some people were curious on on Don't's take with with both of those guys. (laughs)
1: Uh, I think first of all, with Gallagher, um, you know, he, he's going to play at his home school. I, I don't care that he's from Pennsylvania. West Virginia's the school closest to him. Um, you know, everybody knows the story about his mom passing away when Rodney was young. They Have a very strong, tight family unit there, so they get they are close to him. He can come home when he needs to. He's very involved in his community, which this will allow him to be close to the community as well. And, you know, there's no dancing around it. West Virginia is doing a good job with some NIL stuff as well. That's really catching the eye of recruits as well. And, and I think, you know, that plays a part. I'm not saying that plays the major part because there's a lot of other components that go into it, but I think that's a little bit. And with Mason Robinson, he made the visit to Northwestern it's a good fit from McDonough academic school at McDonough going to Northwestern makes sense. And, you know, I kind of got the sense that Penn State would have taken his commitment if he wanted to go to Penn State, but I never got the sense that the Nittany Lions were pushing really hard to get him.
0: All right, guys, I'm gonna drop the five-star mail back here right in the middle. Uh, We've got a little bit more recruiting to get to between Tyler and I, but Brian, before you go, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take a reach in and here's what we got today. Last summer, it seemed like Penn State added to its recruiting class every few days. Are you expecting a major commitment streak for the Lions sometime soon? Brian, we can start with you. Tyler, uh, get ready. It's coming eventually, uh, but we'll get to your answer after, Brian.
1: Um, I mean, Penn State is pretty far along in their class already as far as having a a good number of commits. So there's that aspect of it. But, yeah, I mean, the June-July window is big right now because kids can make official visits. So, You have kids that wanna make official visits, whether it's one, two, three, four, five in the month of June. You look at what Nicholas Singleton did last year in the month of June, where he was all over the place with officials. These kids wanna make official visits and they're entitled to make them. And so you're not gonna see a lot of kids making that one official and then turning around and committing they, in their eyes and in the eyes of their families and coaches and trainers and everybody else who wants to have a say with them, they want them to go experience everything, get as much free exposure with trips that they can get out of it and see where things lie in July. But, yeah, I mean, listen, the schools want to be done. Power five schools want to be done for the most part with recruiting by the time training camp starts in late July. And with that, coaches are on vacation in different intervals during july and so things start get lined up in june and july for commits not just at penn state everywhere
2: yeah so i mean june july it's the busiest month with the all the officials going down all the commitments that go down across the nation and brian touched on it but the numbers in the class already it would kind of prevent from a major streak, just because there aren't a ton of spots left i anticipate maybe a oh, not necessarily a streak, but I think you see a spurt of guys who pop to Penn State, especially considering that June 17th is such a big official visit weekend with so many guys coming to campus. And while some might not pop while they're on campus or immediately after because they want to make their visits and finish out June making all the trips that they have to make, it's possible that once in July comes around we see
0: some guys wrap things up in Penn State's favor. And we always circle with lash bash late july that's an area where where some players tend to go public with their decisions or make their decisions uh so something to keep an eye on here in the months to come also the 2024 class cooper cousins with some company last year we saw them pick up alex birchmeyer before his junior year that's something to watch now with some of the rising juniors brian we'll let you go on that you've got a lot to get to i'm sure but we appreciate every time you get on here to Lions 24 7 podcast and especially coming off a campus visit man great to see you in person. Yeah, It was good
1: seeing you guys, and as always, man, thanks for having me on. We'll be
0: right back on the Lions 24-7 Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. We'll keep the conversation going here because uh, Brian went home Saturday, got to work on, on interviewing some of those uh, offerees, but we've we stuck around here. Um, and Tyler, we saw uh, you know a, a handful of guys that we want to discuss here on Sunday. Again, it wasn't uh, a duplicate by any means from from the Saturday to the Sunday event. Uh, but, but plenty to talk about, let's start with uh, a player that I'm coming off of the podcast and writing about Mikey Scott at um, a Dallas town high school in the 2025 recruiting class. Um, he's a player that that you know, had a really strong spring track season. Uh, the football field, the football film was pretty interesting coming off his freshman year. And the guy that I circled going into this thing, it really answered the bell. It took a little while to, to get these wide receivers engaged where we could really evaluate them um, kind of beyond the testing, beyond the stretching, beyond the technical uh, and, and drill work that they were putting in. Once the ball started flying, the competitive juices started flowing. He really, to me, rose to prominence. thought he was maybe the star of, of, of Sunday afternoon once they started getting into some one-on-one work. And, again, just a rising sophomore. He's a guy that, when I think it's all said and done, is going to be running in the 4-4s consistently. Uh, he, I don't think he knew he was going to be tested this weekend. He was on campus Saturday and Sunday. Told me he had, did not train for a 40-yard dash. He ended up going sub 4-6. Um, so he's got to pack on some size. But I think right now, a guy who's maybe 5'8", uh, in that range, uh, you know, he's, he's actually got some physicality to his build, as we kind of noted in that lower body. So if you're looking for maybe that next wide receiver name in the state of Pennsylvania, this guy's on my radar. And I know he's got some other schools. He's going to get down to Virginia Tech. I think it's kind of a ticking... Ticking time bomb in terms of his first few uh, Power 5 FBS level offers. I know UConn, Syracuse, some of the teams that are interested in here. But go to lines 247com By the time you hear this, we'll probably have his highlights up. He's the guy I was talking to you about on Sunday, uh, really throughout the process, but especially when we were leaving. Because once those competitions started happening, I saw a kid that wanted to push his way to the front of the receiver line. And took me back a little bit in this performance to Anthony Ivey, who came to campus before his sophomore year, uh, really kind of made it clear he was going to end up with an offer from Penn State. Now he'll be on campus in a few weeks as a freshman here, getting similar vibes here. Not necessarily that he'll end up at Penn State, but that we saw a, a future power five level, maybe four star level prospect saying, hello, this is a little bit of an introduction to me.
2: No Sunday, it took a while for us to get to the one-on-ones, but it was well worth the wait with the way Scott performed. He was a guy who, like you said, he wanted those reps. He wanted the ball coming to him. And that's something that always stands out to coaches. They want to see the guys who want to get out there and they want to compete, not the guys who trickle to the back of the line and kind of hide from taking on some of the camp's top DBs. Scott was a guy who I would say, I thought he was going to be a little bit bigger height-wise, but we're talking about a 2025 kid right now. There's so much time for growth. And you mentioned it to me while we were there, mate. He just has a strong lower half for a kid who's so young. His calves are huge for a kid that age. It was pretty impressive. And all of that adds into who he is as a player. You could see the lower body strength when he runs his routes. He's crisp. He has good balance. That's the big thing that I saw with him. All of his routes, he maintained his balance, never really lost his footing. That was a major plus. And just as a local kid, he's definitely going to pop onto the P5 radar. This isn't just going to be... couple schools offering it's going to be multiple it's going to be five plus at least to me and just as a local kid i think if he wants to be a i hate to make these kind of early projections but this he just from my conversations with him if this is a guy that penn state offers he's going to want to be there he loves the program he loves the coaching staff he had so many good things to say just about his camp experience he was there saturday and sunday he absolutely loves everything penn state's doing and if he gets to that point where he gets an offer from the nittany lions the name penn state fan should know for sure
0: but a wrinkle that we should also know here, um, you're looking at uh, Dallastown teammate Kenny Johnson uh, committing to Pitt, uh, you know, just this past weekend. So they're going to be spending time together. Uh, those two should be quite the tandem based on what I just saw from the younger component of, of that tandem. Uh, but I got to say, you know, that's notable that things go well with Pitt. If he ends up at Pitt. That could kind of be a play, in play there as well. But I think, yeah, certainly a kid who was enthusiastic about coming to Penn State. I mean, a player that will be keeping tabs on moving forward. I was curious if it would be just kind of a straight line speed track guy, but he has the explosive traits from being a jumper on the track field. And he really was really difficult to deal with at the line. I thought really some of the elusiveness was on display. And I know Taylor Stubblefield uh, paid extra attention to him as the camp wore on. Another player who got some attention from the coaching staff during the camp and after the camp was K.J. Duff uh, from St. Anthony's in Long Island, New York. guy who worked at tight end, wide receiver, was wondering where he would end up position-wise at this camp. And and that was kind of the the story of his day, Uh, a little bit of both. Started out with the wide receivers, worked his way toward the tight ends. And and Ty Howell was the coach who kind of gravitated toward him as as they were kind of touching base after the process. This is a guy who's not 200 pounds yet, but but he is 6'5", pushing 6'6", and a guy who has that length. I mean, it was very apparent as we saw him just, just warming up for this camp that, that you wanted to see what he looked like. Was the coordination there? Could he go out and run some routes? Again, had to wait a little while to see that, but he got up working with the receivers. And I thought really outside of Mike Scott, who I just mentioned, he was one of the more impressive guys out there in the open field, bringing down some tough passes. Um, I think he's got work to do in, in terms of, uh, of being a, maybe a more assertive receiver going up and getting the ball, but physically has so many of the tools you're looking for. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure how long he'll hold on to the, the dreams of maybe playing at the wide, at wide receiver position in the college level just because of how his body is forming. Told me he wants it to be a part of the conversation, but he understands what Mother Nature is doing to the process. He'll be down at Florida State and Florida next week. Uh, next week, he's going to be working a satellite camp where Michigan staff's going to see him. We'll see if offers come from there, but he's got a few at the Power 5 level at this point. Um, Penn State not pulling the trigger just yet. Wouldn't anticipate it. I, I think he kind of fit the bill right now as being that that mid-to-high three-star prospect. And Penn State's going to monitor him through his first few games of his junior season. But this is a guy that when you kind of see that tight end board in 2024, a bit of a wild card right now because that physical development. But he's in the region, a guy to keep on your forefront. And we'll have a story up on lines 24-7 with a bit more on KJ Duff
2: yeah going into sunday we knew kj was a big kid just from the measurables and his tape but man his length and the way he carries his weight really blew me away that was really impressive stuff to see out of him and the other thing that really impressed me with kj is for a guy that size sometimes at that age they can be a little bit stiff with their route running he wasn't He was pretty fluid for a player who's still growing into his body essentially and he kind of generates some speed downfield as he gets going into his routes so Again, another guy who's going to be on the Power 5 radar. Whether or not Penn State gets involved with the offer remains to be seen. I assume they would probably want to monitor his junior season and see where he goes based on that tape and see how he grows, if he's going to really grow into that tight end role, which at this point, the way he's skyrocketing in size, you have to assume he's going to be a tight end at the next level. But definitely he was the guy, other than Mikey Scott, who really stood out to me throughout the afternoon. Just with the size, the length, his agility, his everything, He, he had it.
0: Yeah, I think I think I still want to see more agility there. And that'll be something he'll have to, to continue yeah. to develop. But for a guy who's, who's kind of had that growth spurt and, and is in between those two positions, it can look awkward when they run routes. It wasn't there. It wasn't it wasn't that way on Sunday. So uh, I think he's a guy that ultimately ends up maybe playing in the Big Ten or in the ACC. I don't know if He'll end up having a home at Penn state if that will be an option for him. Um, but I think he, you know, he's going to end up working his way into that in and in a name that we'll continue to see popping up uh, on different camps uh, in the coming months. Now, one quarterback that really kind of stood out among that group and it, it wasn't a, a group of blue chips. And by the way, I want to hear your thoughts on Marcus Stokes a little bit more coming up because we kind of glossed over him and we shouldn't have done that. But with, with Adrian Posse, a guy who's a four-star composite out of Miami, he's got some power fives in his pocket. Um, came, did some, Did some work in front of Mike Yersich, and I thought, again, as those one-on-ones started to work and we saw which quarterbacks had touch, which quarterbacks could really ramp things up, get the ball downfield, uh, you know, throw on a straight line, consistently he started to emerge among those passers.
2: Yeah, his arm talent just popped throughout the afternoon. You know, another big kid, he's in the 6'3", 220 range, and I was interested to see how his mechanics would be, because, you know, sometimes a kid that big, that young as a quarterback, sometimes they're not really where, where they need to be with their footwork. Sometimes their deliveries are a little bit odd. He was there mechanically. He was where I wanted him to be. He screamed four-star prospect to me. That arm strength, the ball just explodes out of his hands. There, there are times where he kind of needs to reel it in a little bit. There were some throws that got away from him that shouldn't have, just based on the talent that he has in him. But He didn't leave with an offer. I was kind of a little bit surprised about that. I think he'll be a guy on the radar moving forward, probably one Penn State wants to see a little bit more tape on. But he's got that talent. He's got the arm strength, surefire power five quarterback, one who Penn State might decide to get involved with in the coming months.
0: Yeah, Mike Kersich uh, has a few darts on the board right now uh, in, in 2024 and in some high-reaching ones as well. Um, this is a guy I know that they'll, they'll be keeping tabs on. I think the course of June we're going to get a couple seven-on-seven camps. This was the first of five of these elite showcases that we saw on Sunday. So going to have some quarterbacks coming to town and, and – and, 2023, you've got your guide, though, and Marcus Stokes continues to say all the right things and do all the right things to make you feel warm and fuzzy about his long distance Penn State commitment all the way from Florida. Uh, you had a chance to, to, to take a seat in Beaver Stadium and watch him put in work. I know he wants to come back, win the starting job, and be the guy who, who puts up points there in Beaver Stadium. But he was also under the supervision of not just Mike Yersich, but Drew Aller. Oh, by the way, the number one quarterback in the last recruiting class. What were your overall impressions of Stokes? And I know one thing everybody says about the kid, he carries himself like he could be that starting quarterback. So I
2: think I touched on it in my Lions 24-7 podcast debut that Stokes was one of the guys who I was really looking forward to seeing over the weekend. And, boy, did he he lived up to all my expectations. Arm strength there, mechanics there, decision-making there. You could see during the seven-on-seven period, he wasn't forcing any throws. And, yeah, he – in terms of just that leadership ability and his ability to fit in amongst his peers and be that guy, you could see it with the way he was interacting with prospects just in between reps and he, the way he was interacting with some of the fellow commits. He had a long talk with a Payne in between reps. Those two were having a lot of fun and he spent about maybe 10, 15 minutes during a water break with Drew Aller just picking his brain. Drew was doing all the talking. Marcus was listening, just soaking in that information. So that, that was a really cool interaction to see. And, it, Marcus, he he's a fun follow on social media. He's go he's going after all these guys that Penn State wants. He's a he's a pretty active recruiter. He loves it, and that's a guy. He, he just through and through Nittany line. He, he's so happy to be part of this class, and he's gonna be a guy
0: who's a true leader once he does arrive on campus. Andrew Ivins, uh, covers the Southeast here for 24-7 Sports Recruiting, Uh, talked about it. This guy's going to have some of the SEC schools coming through, uh, watching his games, attending some practices. You're going to wonder what he's going to hear. Penn State, can they weather that storm if things get a little bit hot? They're laying a lot of foundation to be able to do that right now. Uh, You've done a great job, man. You hit the ground running in, in the past week or so. I wanted to touch on some of the things that you have reported on. Um, by the way, this Friday uh, we'll be back on the on the practice field, and this Sunday uh, for some more Penn State uh, camp action. We got the seven on seven, I uh, got some prospect work, and by the way, Wednesday something you should check out on lines 247com uh, We're going to get James Franklin, a bunch of his assistant coaches on the field. I uh, have an opportunity to catch up on that uh, on a lot of different topics in between spring ball and preseason camp. So coverage coming your way. We'll address a lot of that on um, future episode of the lines twenty four seven podcast, but. Getting back to recruiting right now with you, Tyler. Zechariah Owens, uh, affectionately known as Flapjack, has been a guy in the limelight for Penn State's recruiting. Uh, 2023 for a while now. Things have taken a turn for Flapjack.
2: Yeah, does not look like any Lion fans are going to be enjoying that nickname for a while longer. Uh, so it broke today that he will not be making his Penn State official visit, and he's coming fresh off a Clemson official visit and he also just announced that he's going to decide on july 4th so you kind of read the tea leaves here and see where this recruitment is going i've submitted a crystal ball for owens to land at clemson i think the writing is kind of on the wall at this point which is unfortunate for penn state i think owens is a pretty intriguing prospect and he's a guy that phil charlotte only could have molded into something special i think he has that ceiling in him but hey it's on to next that's nature of recruiting i'm going to have a offensive line recruiting update on the board Pretty soon, probably by the time this episode goes public. So definitely be on the lookout for that.
0: uh, That is a board that is changing. One name that that popped on there for a hot minute was Nicola Vera. He committed to Cincinnati, although he mentioned Penn State being a dream school and such is recruiting. Fortunately, you're well-versed in all this and nothing is going to surprise you there. Jordan Hall, I think, is a guy probably can, can rule out as being an answer for Penn State at, at the offensive line, offensive tackle position uh, coming off of his uh, visit to camp for Penn State last weekend. Um, I look forward to checking out your piece because uh, certainly some, some clarity is needed, and I think we've seen some new offers go out, and we will see a few more. Camp season is going to help with that as well. Uh, another visit that is no longer happening, Jalen Braxton. This is one that you reported on as well.
2: Yeah, so Braxton will be at Baylor instead of Penn State this weekend. And as far as I know, he has no plans to reschedule his Penn State official visit. So it looks like the Nittany Lions are out there as well. Braxton was a guy who he took an official Michigan State this over the weekend. Michigan State made a very, very strong impression from what I've heard. He actually picked up a crystal ball prediction in favor of the Spartans. So I think that first official visit, he really hit it out of the park. but. He wants to make all these trips ahead of his July 9th decision. I'd still keep an eye on Baylor. I still think they have the local factor working in their favor. LSU, he's called LSU a dream school, so anytime that label gets tossed around, I don't take it lightly. But Michigan State right now, Michigan State actually just picked up another four-star cornerback from Texas that Braxton knows pretty well. So that could also be something to monitor there moving forward. But Michigan State now has inserted itself right into the thick of things and if you kind of think about it in the sense that kind of knocked penn state out of the race because now he wants to get to baylor instead of up to happy valley this weekend
0: well we'll see what happens there braxton was the guy who very quickly got that penn state offer made the visit plans and then this tends to happen though they make the, the quick uh scheduled visit coming off the offer the visit gets a little bit closer logistics start to be get get more realistic you got to start to narrow things down Got to make some decisions, and that happens on both ends of that spectrum too, both the program and the player. Uh, so there's a name to cross off your list. One to add, though, as an impending official visitor, we've talked about some wide receivers surfacing, another Derek Bowler out of Miami Palmetto.
2: Bowler's interesting because he's actually going to be on campus for an unofficial visit to starting tomorrow. He's making a little bit of a road trip with the family, trying to make the rounds, get out to all of these schools, and then he's going to be circling back for an official visit. On the 24th, he, he has a Boston College official visit this weekend, a couple of visits to ACC schools coming up. So definitely a guy, a new target on the wide receiver board to keep an eye on Penn State. Offered him, I believe it was a couple of months ago. There's obviously been contact there. We got the official coming up. It'll be interesting to see what his thoughts are on campus. Wednesday's going to mark his first time making it up. So hopefully we could get a read on him after that visit.
0: We've got stories up from the last couple of camps that we covered last weekend. We'll have some uh, look-aheads at what we got cooking on campus this week. And as I said, smack dab in the middle of this week, a bunch of availability with the Penn State coaching staff, a lot of content coming your way at lions247.com. We've got some special planned for the next episode. Look forward to bringing you that one. Uh, for Tyler Calvaruzzo, for Brian Doan, uh, and for producer, Lance Glenn. I am Tyler Donahue. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Lions 24-7 podcast.